In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers Cast. I'm Ian and this evening joined by Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Uh, we've not got Ben with us this evening, but we have got uh, Yeovil Town manager, Mark Cooper. Hello, Mark. Good evening. And Yeovil Town skipper, Mr. Josh Staunton. Welcome. Hello. You all right? All it's good. a good replacement for Ben, this, isn't it? I have <laughs> to say, we've, we've, we've traded off here, I think. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what people think by the end of it, but yeah, he might not be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, yeah, on a on a scale of one to seven, how happy were you to come on when Martin said the message and asked if you'd like to? Over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not a number, but we'll, we'll take that as a, at least an eight, eight out of seven. That is that's an eight out of seven. Yeah, I was, I, when I got the late when I got the late night text, it was about a seven. <laughs> <laughs> By, by the time he'd done that, he'd already tweeted you were coming on, so it didn't matter. You had to, you had to do it. So, <laughs> no, appreciate appreciate your time, especially pre-season now well upon us, isn't it? So um, uh, you've got bu- busy times, I imagine. Yeah, it's uh, it's full on. Trying to obviously, it's it's an exciting period for the club, you know, with the new ownership and and, and some good players coming into the group and. Um, all that that brings and the, and the expectation and the excitement building up towards a, what I think could be a really good season. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really refreshing and an exciting time. Yeah, I think we'd agree, Ian, wouldn't we? It's nice to be in a pre-season where we're actually looking forward to it. It seems like a very long time as the Oval Town support since we've been there, but I think a lot of people do feel that. Do you think, Ian? Yes, sorry. Yes, I do. Yeah. Why are you asking me questions? Yeah, um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you go back to like 2019 and think yeah. every every season since then. I mean, certainly, Josh, you can probably speak to that. The last few pre-seasons have probably been a bit of a, a mismatch of what's been going on. Yeah, I think every season's every preseason has been different, very different for all its own reasons, but they've been, yeah, they've been grueling, some of them. Like all the behind the scenes stuff, it's been it's been some strange pre-seasons. But it's like you say, it's nice for the first time to actually be able to focus on the season ahead rather than everything in the background kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's if we can go back to the start of your reign, Mark, when you came in shortly after Chris Hargreaves left. How quickly did things happen for you there? And and what did you make of the challenge that was set out in front of you? Well, I think I think when you're out of work um, or you're in between jobs, then you, you're always waiting for a phone call, is it? And, it? and it can happen really, really quickly. And that was the case um, with the Oval one. Um, and funnily enough, I'd been to watch my lad play for up at Oldham against Oval, 
a few days before um, and it happened really quickly. Um, I think they lost on a Tuesday night. I got a phone call sort of late that night, Wednesday morning, and, and asked if I'd be interested. Um, and it went from there, really. Yeah. We do remember our colleague Ben, who we've mentioned there, did spot you in the uh, in the grandstand at Oldham, and we were wondering, you know, two plus two equals what? But that, exactly. that you weren't, you hadn't been contacted at that point, no. No, no, no. I was, I was, I'd been to watch most of Oldham games with, with yeah. Charlie playing there, and uh, I'd gone, I'd gone to watch that, and wasn't even, it wasn't even on my radar really. There was another job that I was very close to getting in, in League Two, and. Uh, I thought I'd, I thought I was going there, and and that something happened at the last minute, and then I got like I say, I got a phone call late on the Tuesday, early Wednesday morning about the Oval one, and um, yeah, I was really interested in the fact that I'd always seen it as a, a quite a big club and not where it should be in terms of league position. Obviously, I didn't think it'd be going down a league at the time, but. Um, yeah, I was really interested in it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't want to dwell too much on the final weeks of of the season just gone, but that must have been like nothing you've ever experienced. You've obviously done, you've done a few things in your time as a manager, but I mean, how difficult is that to manage with all the uncertainty and, and then keep, keeping players motivated, keeping yourself motivated as well through all of that must have been like nothing you've ever taken on, I'd have thought. Well, I think Josh should probably tell you about how difficult it was in the changing room. But from my point of view, we were never getting relegated. After we beat Eastleigh, I would have put my house on us not getting relegated because we were well clear. <clears throat> we were playing really good football. And I just felt with a couple of additions to the squad then, we would have finished, it wouldn't have been easy. We'd have lost a couple of games. We'd have won one, we'd have drawn one, but we'd have never ever been finished in the position we did. And uh, mm. it was a shame. It didn't need to happen, but listen, we're, that set us on a path to to a really exciting future, hopefully. Yeah, Josh, you, you were there in front of the cameras every week towards the end of that season. You, you obviously felt that responsibility to speak for the squad and and to the supporters how how hard was were those weeks for you um they were they were strange weeks like i look back now and probably the best word for it was, was just pathetic like from top to bottom it was it was one of them is not i don't think myself or the gaffy would be proud to put your name to say you're in it just because what was going on to be even associated with it was like everything you work hard for to build up a reputation to have it potentially undone in a couple of months for what was nothing more than it felt like a game at times. It was um, it was turbulent, but look, we've fortunately we've come out the other side. That's the most important thing. Do you know what I mean? As a club, as a group of players, as a group of staff, we've at times I don't know how we survived, but we survived what was some ridiculous times, and and it was just a, it was just a really petty, petulant place to be, and. Um, yeah, coming out in front of the cameras was the least of the least of the worries. You know what I mean, it was the difficulties Monday to Friday. Like you were seeing the staff being put in positions you wouldn't want to be putting yourself, and just the whispers going around the club. It was it was getting to a stage. It was just like every day going in was like, what we're we going to find today, or do we don't really want to go in. Who's going to turn up today, or 
it was just, honestly, if you if you wrote a book, you wouldn't believe half of it. I don't think really wouldn't. But look, like we say, it's gone. It's gone. There's no point. Was it was it weird that there was so much positivity outside? Um, it was it was like it was like being at school. It was like new kids at school had hoodwinked someone, and and like people on the inside, we were all going like, how is no one seeing this? Yeah. And and that was probably the most frustrating thing as as players like and, and staff. You were we were in a position where we were watching everything unfold and and not digging our heels in, but trying to make the best of a bad situation. And and everyone was it was like everyone was was backing the wrong horse, so to speak. It was and people with long reputations in the game like the Gaffer were coming off the wrong side, and it just became a game of he said she said, and it was really really pathetic and I'm glad I'm no longer part of it really yeah absolutely I can imagine I mean I think everybody and you'll have had people contact you directly Josh I'm sure we all felt for you every time you could see how much it hurt every time you were talking in those those press conferences after the the game it must have been you, you can't have had too many times like that as a as in your playing career I wouldn't imagine no, I've had I've had I've had bad games and bad periods of form but never like mm. It wasn't even football. Do you know what I mean? You're going out there and talking to cameras. It wasn't even about football, and it was just, it was just like banging your head against a wall and trying to tiptoe around what to say, the right things to protect mm. the right people, and and um, hoping people would join the dots up. But a lot of the time, dots weren't being joined. And but it's 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 um, it's a responsibility to take on as a as a leader of, of a group, and and the gap was in the same boat. Keep saying that, and you kind of felt like Christ, just. It was like Groundhog Day when it lose a game, same stuff out of the mouth. And and when you've been successful like the manager has and like some of the boys have in the dressing room talk is you realise how cheap talk is. So it's like you feel a bit cheap going out there and, and saying and, and it's kind of it doesn't really matter what you say in an interview, it's about what you do on the pitch. And ultimately we were in a position where that was virtually impossible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have a policy on the Glovers cast. We don't talk about ex-owners or stewards or anything like that. But um, So we, we, we won't talk about either of them uh, at the moment. But look, looking ahead, I guess, obviously, Martin Halley has now taken over the club. In, in the time since he has, how have you, having been there day in, day out, seen that atmosphere change within the staff, within the supporters that you've, you've been in contact, Mark? How have you seen it change? Oh, it's been a refreshing, really, because... You know, like, I was really enjoying it last season until a certain period and and we only needed, and I kept saying we needed three fit, three fit players to bolster the squad and we would have been fine. But we ended up signing a load of injured players that hadn't played for weeks and couldn't play for weeks when they signed. And that wasn't their fault, but, you know, we we ended up, putting teams out with players that were running on empty when we needed to freshen things up. And we had, like I say, we signed players that were injured. Um, and I don't know how that happens, but what Martin's done since he's come in, he's enabled me to, or he's just let me get on and build a squad. Um, and I think I think that's what we've done. And we've, we've tried to put a, a nucleus of a really exciting, good squad of, ability and more importantly for me I've spoke about it before character 
because there's big expectation on on Yeovil this year to get promoted. And we need the kind of character that can deal with that. You know, in, in big games, certainly at home, when we're expected to turn teams over, um, we, we need that character. Um, and I think the players that were there last year have been re-energised after what they went through. Joss has just touched on that. Um, the changing room is a vastly different place. Um, and it's going to take us time to, to build the club. You know, we need to build it from the bottom and, and build it back up. But I think, I think this time next year, it'll be a totally different club in terms of how it looks infrastructure-wise. Yeah, I just want to ask you because you mentioned character there, and I know that was a term Darren Sal used an awful lot with the with the players that he brought in, and um, and Justice might even be a question for you, but you you were obviously there when the likes of Luke Wilkinson, Charlie Lee, obviously Reese Murphy is back now. I mean, those kind of characters we always recognised them as fans uh, that they were the people that would go out there and regardless of whether they were having a good game they'd give you absolutely everything that they could I mean Josh do you feel when you look at those two dressing rooms the one you arrived at Yeovilin and the one that there's now do you see similarities in the type of personalities that you've got there the characters as, as Mark was saying yeah and and the thing with with having characters and being a squad of characters is Saturday is just the the only piece you really see it's the Monday to Friday where they really promote their worth like getting it in if you have a, the right characters you train properly every day and you like the manager can go to sleep easy you know knowing that everything in that dressing room is going to be looked after because you have a group of senior characters who who drive that um definitely when i come here it was a very experienced squad and it's back in that kind of realm not even not just age but in terms of the quality and ex wealth of experience we brought in it makes it makes the dressing room a much more dynamic place because you have loads of different voices mm -hmm. rather than just one. It becomes an echo chamber if you just keep the same people, one person or two people only got the, uh, the only two speak up. It becomes a really hard place to actually be honest with each other because um, you just, it, yeah, like I say, you just, you just get sick of the sound of your own voice. So it's nice to have a, an environment where there's other people who feel able to contribute and it only bodes for success I think so I think the gap has done a good job at putting a good squad of players together and and it's definitely draws a lot more similarities to the to the squad than when I initially come yeah definitely yeah so if there's an, a documentary next season there's going to be a bit more a few more people swearing is there or uh, it's going to be <laughs> there, there was there was a bit of swearing but it all seemed to came from the same food for <laughs> yeah hopefully there won't be so much swearing next time it'll be more more high fives or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, there was definitely a Cooper swearing. I don't think it was you so much, yeah. Mark, but it was, uh, yeah, it's, Cooper it's I, I'm hoping that I don't have as much to work. I, I'm not. I think I don't think a manager's place is constantly in the changing room. No, because I think that is a that's a domain where the players rule, and they once you've done your work during the week and you've said what you needed to say before the game. Um, and, and briefly at half time, I think it's when you have a group, a good group, they can manage that and they manage the change room and the manager has less work to do, you know, in the change room and more of his work's done out on the training pitch, which is, which is where I think my strength is. And, and hopefully this year, a chance to do more of that.
Yeah, you hear a lot of really successful managers, Alex Ferguson being the obvious one. You talk about their generals, don't they? And I know Darren Sarl spoke about the likes of Lee Collins, Luke Wilkinson, Charlie Lee, um, uh, Josh there, obviously. I mean, you've got a few generals in your dressing room, you think, uh, for the coming season? I think we have. I think, you know, we, we, we had a chat this morning about it. And, um, you know, you've got you've got Josh, you've got uh, Hyde, you've got Murphy, you've got Frank Newble, you've got... Worthy, who's been there a while now, you know. Um, who am I missing, Josh? Um, Rich has got a lot of experience. Sendel, yeah. Jamie Sendles White's got experience. Yeah. So, you know, we've got five, six players that are probably above the level and have had good careers, and 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 we're looking at them to make sure that we do things right. And if the younger boys step out of line they they get them back in quickly rather than me have to keep swearing <laughs> and, and that, but that was a problem last year we had no um obviously the lines of authority were were, were distorted there was no there was no opportunity for a group of players to to control the dressing room because something would happen people would be late whereas usually it'd be a fine they just go straight to they just go straight above you and it made it impossible do you know what I mean you can't as a group of you come if you grow up in an environment like football it's a disciplined environment and and me and Frank touched upon it today the first thing we said is you almost want to make an environment where people are embarrassed to to fall out of line because it reflects so badly on them so that's like that's the group we have now that's where we want to go we want to make it so boys are embarrassed if they're 20 minutes late because they feel like they've let us down not just because it hurts their wallet or they can't go straight above us and speak to whoever they can upstairs and and just go above everyone's head and and nothing gets it doesn't get taken any further so it, it's a it's a opportunity where if I was a young lad it's a gesture I'd like to be part of now I think it would hold you in good stead for your career whereas last last year it was very turbulent well Ian we've answered an important question here is Frank Newble they've been <laughs> taking the mickey out of me for calling Frank Nublé uh, this week, so there you go. Uh, and then I realised he's from Lewisham, so it's probably not going to get the accent on it. So it's Nubal. I'll go with Nubal. Um, I think it sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to go with Nubble. Nubble, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But never mind. Just call yeah. him Frank. He's bi he's bigger yeah. than me, so I'm not going to argue with him. <laughs> yeah. Noobs. Um, Noobs, yeah. Obviously, a couple of games so far in pre-season. Good result on Saturday. Less so on. Tuesday night. What, how are you feeling about things, Mark? There's, is pre-season about the fitness levels or is it about finding that winning habit as well? Well, I think most managers and coach, coaches will tell you it's, it's about fitness. It's about trying to get through without any injuries. Um, and to a certain degree, that, that has to be right. It's, I don't get too up whether we win, whether we lose or whether we draw in pre-season. It's about like you say, trying to get all the boys through it, trying to get those partnerships, trying to get in um, what we've been trying to put through in training. Um, the, of course, it's nice to win, but the results are immaterial. And it's it's just about the 5th of August for me and the group. It's about making sure we're spot on, we're ready, and, and we get everybody available for selection on that, you know, that week leading up to the 5th of August. We've had a couple of injuries with Morgan Williams going off the first game and Matty yeah. Worthington. Were they taken off as precautions? What's the, the verdict on them at the moment? 
Well, Morgs, Morgs uh, battled through today and trained. He trained today. So hopefully he'll he'll play a part tomorrow night at Tiverton. Uh, Worthy had a, a stiff calf and it was more precautionary. So he wants to have a go tomorrow night, but we'll see how he is. We don't want to take any risks, you know, and, and make that any worse than it is. Um, we've got one or two other bumps and bruises, but hopefully um, we're not in too bad a shape. And Josh, you can tell us honestly, what's a Mark Cooper pre-season like? Um, Pretend he's not there. Say whatever, say whatever you want. Modern, you know, you know, Dave. Uh, when I when I when he first came, I'd heard nothing but bad things about him. I was really really worried. <laughs> and, uh, so but, he's gonna um, run you and run you, throw golf balls at you, yeah. But um, the, the way the manager plays is nice. It, it's it's a lot with the ball, so it's it's important you learn to play with the ball, and and a lot of the fitness work we have done is with the ball and it's more of a modern I'd like to say continental kind of uh pre-season rather than that just mundane just striding up a pitch it's um it's football related uh mine's slightly tailored slightly different but I think the boys all reacted well there's nothing worse than the multiple pre-season where you come in first two days get battered and you can't walk for a week or like you know like the the old-fashioned bottom of your calf you can't stiffens up and it's all about I think science has evolved they're probably different in the gaffer's day but it's um, I think the boys look fit uh, reacting well to it so it's been, it's been nice it hasn't been complete overkill in the running it's been a good balance and 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 we're definitely picking up the tactical side of it as well so it's good yeah. I noticed in the, the pictures actually that were posted on social media that Normally, it's like running up West Bay or up the hills and everything. But the first sort of day of pre-season, the footballs were involved. Um, so I did sort of notice that that seems like something a bit different than we've seen previously. Is that you, Mark? Is that is that something that you like to do? Yeah, I mean, I, um, obviously, I like to try and play football and 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 have more domination of the ball. So it's that doesn't just happen. You have to do a lot of work with that positionally. And I'm a great believer in that you play with a ball and um, and you have to train with a ball. Of course, there's a place for some running and we've done bits and pieces of running. But, you know, I said to the players in the first day, I'd rather we get everybody through pre-season. And in the first game of the season, we're 90% fit, but we've got a full group to pick from then we go full at it and everybody's at top speed, but we're missing seven players because they've all got poor calves and hamstrings. So that's been my sort of way of looking at it is to, is to try and get everybody through and, and make sure we don't get any injuries. What's the current situation? Because obviously we're aware just Wick, um, sorry, Scott Wickens, I should say, has left the club now. On the, I know physio has been a strange position since, yeah. since you've been, um, as yet. is that in place now? Because presumably pre-season is an important time to have that. Josh mentioned there about his own sort of training regime. Have you managed to get that uh, result or a replacement for Scott or anything like that? Not yet. It's, it's difficult trying to get staff. Obviously, we've got um, we've got Toddy. Marcus, Phil, the goalie coach. We've brought in a young physio. Right. Uh, he's going to need some help. Um, we're trying to bring in uh, an experienced head of operations or football performance and medical, which will be a, a real big asset for us. Um, we've had a couple of 
uh, Marines in, helping us with the, the fitness side on a, on a temporary basis. Um, so we've all been chipping in, really. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the level we're at and, and yeah. the money, what it is, it's very difficult to get all the full-time staff you need um, all singing and dancing, ready to go. So we're going to have to build that as we go. Like I said at the start, it's going to take us a while to build that infrastructure. But um, we've got more than enough at the moment to be able to cope with what we need. We've touched on the squad and those experienced players like Reese Murphy, Jake Hyde and Frank Noble. You've also brought in guys like Josh Hours, Will Buse again, back um, who were at the club for you know spells last season in, in Josh's case. How important was it to try and find those players? Were they high on your list in terms of bringing those in this summer? Well, well I think when you bring in the likes that you've mentioned of Murph and, and Frank and, and Heidi, uh, Sendles White, that are a bit more experienced, I think you need to have a, have a blend. And we needed some young energy as well um, to give us that, you know, that real energy and front foot. Certainly, you know, we've got to think about 3G pitches as well. And um, it's just trying to build a, a well-balanced squad. And Josh Hours can play in a couple of positions. He's a big lad. He's left-footed. Uh, Boosie's an aggressive goalkeeper. So it's just about building a, a sort of well-balanced squad and, and making sure we've got enough sort of armoury when, when the tough time come with, with maybe some injuries. Amongst those younger players as well, Ollie Haste and Ben Jarney have been getting a bit of game time as well. Do you think, are they ready for being a, a part of that squad this season? Or do you think they'll go out on loan again like last year? Well, I think I think we'll, once we get another couple of weeks sort of in, uh, then, then there'll be a decision to make where we either keep them around or, or they go and play. I think, I think the most, well, it's imperative that, Young players, certainly 18, 19, need to be playing on Saturday. Have to play. There's no good being, well, yeah, but I'm at Yeovil, I'm at a big club, but I'm sat in the stand. They need to go and play another 25, 30 games this season at whatever level just to get that match day experience, in my opinion. Yeah. One player who obviously hasn't featured in the squad the first two pre-seasons is, uh, is Scott Pollock. What can you tell us about his situation, his future at the club? So Scott joined us uh, March, early March, and he was injured. So he hadn't played for Boston for a couple of months. Um, he came and joined us and didn't play for three or four weeks. Um, he, we had, we didn't have enough bodies and he had to play. I think, you know, we could certainly say that he wasn't at a hundred percent. And you know, over the summer, he's had a couple more scans and he's still got a problem with his knee. Um, so we're waiting for that to clear up. He's doing his rehab um, closer to, to his home. And uh, once he's fit, then we'll see see what the future holds. Yeah. Is he a player? He's obviously someone that we spoke about on the podcast. Is, although, as you say, he clearly wasn't fit. He was someone that you could you could see something was there. You could see there was a player there. I mean, is he someone that, given the right situation, you would like to keep at the club? Well, well I'd been told earlier in the summer that he wasn't going to be here. He was going right. somewhere else. Right. So I'd recruited with, with that in mind. I'd recruited without him. So now, obviously, we've got a, we have got a balance. There still has to be a budget. 
um, and we have to make sure that that those books are balanced. And like I say, once Scott's fit, then we'll make a decision as to to where he goes. Fair enough. Josh, as as the leader in the dressing room and with a fair bit of turnover this summer, how how do you help? new players settle in is it different for you this year because we've got some familiar faces and some experienced players who've been about a bit and, and how is it important for you as captain to see experience coming in yeah I think the I think the, it's easier when you get older I think the 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 older boys um just migrate into a new change room easier do you know what I mean they they kind of hold their own personality you get used to it as a footballer going in Whereas it's more the young lads you have to kind of put up, put your arm around and make sure they're all right. Obviously, we've got Busey and Josh. Don't know what they do to at Bristol City, but them two are strange. Like. <laughs> we signed um, another one today from Bristol yeah. City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see how he unfolds. But um, <laughs> we're saying the water there. But no, players like, players like them, they they come in and and obviously they know it anyway. They were here last year, so it's nice and easy for them, and it's a nice mix. Like. The, the old boys here are, are good. Murph is obviously a proper funny character, so he's kind of hammering. He just hammers everyone, and and uh, it, it it makes it a, a lot easier. Whereas when there's a lot of young lads like we had last year turnover, they're kind of treading on eggshells, walking in the dressing room. Whereas this year is it's a really nice balance, and and you don't really have to do much to them older boys, and and it's nice to kind of know you can delegate. Whereas just rather than taking everything on your own shoulders. And you've got a few more old boys, so it makes life a bit easier. Yeah. We had we had Lawson uh, Diaf obviously on um, a couple of weeks ago, and he was mentioned. I think he mentioned something about uh, Will Hughes, didn't he? I think yeah. it was you actually, Josh. I think you asked a question about who was the uh, the ugliest player in the dressing room, and that's oh, what Lawson I said. Probably, I probably said football league or something like <laughs> the whole league. Um, uh, oh, oh. No, to be fair, maybe you really get on. I've just got this thing. I just think he's just really ugly, so I just. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the captain you can get away with that <laughs> that's what I mean there's loads of characters in the, in the dressing room it's not like it's not a place you, you have to go and be careful it's, it's a funny place to be and I think all the time there's smiles on faces it's probably you, you start getting the best out of people and, and and everyone can have a bit of back and forth but when the most important thing everyone knows is when it's it's game time and season time we we switch on and, and we we're ready for the job in hand yeah Mark, you've obviously touched on a lot of the players who um, contracted players that have come in uh, permanently. I mean, what's your feelings on, on on loans to sort of supplement that squad? Do you think there'll be sort of incomings and, and outgoings before the season gets underway? I'm not a massive fan of, of having lots of loans. Um, but I think for us this year, it's important to, 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 to bulk the squad out. I've tried to use the budget in more quality rather than quantity. So we, we haven't got a big squad um, and, and we might need to use, you know, we did have a fantastic relationship with Bristol City, um, but, but we'll ha we had to resurrect that after the way the, the club treated Josh Hours and, and Seb Palmer Holden. Um, but thankfully, Brian Tinian's let us have Zach Bell today. Um, he's an exciting young player. From, from Bristol City, so it's important that we probably get one or two maximum to to give us the right amount of players, so we've got enough to get us through. Yeah, you, you've mentioned there about Zach Bell, obviously um, playing in a a fullback position. Is that right? He that's he, yeah, he can yeah. play right back, right wing back. So okay. I've seen him a few times for 
for the 23s at Bristol City. He's, he's, a, he's a, I think, a 21s international for, for Wales. Um, aggressive 1v1. Um, and, and he's got a really long throw, which will help us as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we like that. Yeah. Yeah, we've uh, we, we, we've come across a few long throw long throws. Right? I mean, Charlie Lee always loved the long throw, didn't yeah. he? But uh, sometimes they work, sometimes they didn't. That's right. Gives you another option. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But I mean, um, that that position of fullbacks, I think, if we were look when we us amateur, everyone's a football manager, as a football fan, aren't they? But when you yeah. look at the squad, obviously up front was the was everyone knew that was a problem last season, and you've really strengthened there. Jake Ivory, Murphy, Frank. Uh, Newble, as I'll call him now, uh, to, to to get it right. I mean, fullback is that the kind of left and right that you see the position we maybe need still a little bit more strength in? Well, I think we've got obviously we've got Zach Bell and Morgan Williams can play, both play right back. Right. We've got um, Alex Whittle, who's done very well pre-season, who's yeah. a really good player for the level that can play as left back. You've got uh, Will Dawes can play left back. So we've got. We've got a couple of players in those positions that can play it. And we've got four, we've got Staunce, Jake Wannell, Sendles White and Morgan Williams can all play centre-back. So we're covered in that, whether we play a back four or a back three. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think um, we were, we, we all saw, well, I say Ben and I saw uh, Ollie Haste play at the end of last season, that last game at, at Boreham Wood and, and, and really impressed on the left side of, of, of defence. I mean, Josh, for, for, for you, maybe as a, as a centre-half yourself or someone who plays a centre-half, how have you been impressed with, um, with, with Ollie Haste? He seems like someone who could, could has the potential to really make a, make a name for himself and force his way into that first-team reckoning. Yeah, Hastie's, Hastie's done well. He's, um, he's a good lad. He's probably, our styles are probably chalk and cheese, but um, he's aggressive. He plays on the front foot. I think he's still got... A, a bit to learn, but that's that's part of being a young player, and um, he definitely done well against Warren Wood. Um, I think I was the one who gave him his, his debut, so uh, I've got to say, nice things about right. him. <laughs> but um, no, he done well. I think there's still that naivety, it's, it's hard being a defender at a young age, it really is. You have, I know if I was in them shoes myself, and and kind of every decision is scrutinized more than an attacking player, and and that naivety of youth sometimes hurts you more in in defence and that's what, probably why the point that Gaffer made about going out and playing games and, and just becoming streetwise to men's football is probably the most important thing for Hastie. I think he's got a he's got a chance here. He's at a good club where he's he's gonna get a chance and if he keeps his head down like he does and keeps working hard is there's no reason why he really can't progress up and and and, and just go from strength to strength really. Yeah. He's got a thing about his haircut as well, hasn't he? I noticed that on a few of the videos. He's always talking about his haircut. He's got some shocking hair. I'd rather have my hair than his hair. When he comes, <laughs> he's got he's got some big balls of boy. When a when a nineteen year old comes in with a mullet into the first team, I remember Quiz hammered him for about three hours straight for his hair once. <laughs> we had his we had his barber, didn't we? Message us on Facebook. Clarified what his hair was. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember it. what he said it was, but <laughs> yeah, we thought it was a mullet. But was no, it not the sheep shearer? Was that the barber? Could have been that someone with a big pair of shears. Yeah, yeah, his heart's in the right place, and, and that goes a long way in football. Do you know what I mean he's got the, yeah. the dressing room like him? So it's always a good place for young lads. So better yeah. play to him. Let's uh, can we touch on Will Dawes? He's had a strange time as a Yeovil player. Seemed to come in under a bit of 
almost suspicion given where he came from. Um, he's helped out as physio, massaging. Josh, you spent a lot of time with him this summer painting walls and the terrace. Um, what what's he like as a character around around the club? He is absolutely mad. He's like, <laughs> I don't know what to, he's like a puppy. <laughs> he's like a puppy. You take him somewhere, but he's a pain in the ass. Like you'll do one thing for five minutes. He'll go, oh, should we go and do something else? Should we go and do something? And you're like, Jesus. Do you want to throw a ball for him, do you? He's a great lad around the, around the place. I, I, I think it's really hard not to look at him and smile. He's just, he's one of them. He sees the good in everything he does and he's, He's game at every. He's he's he'll try his best at everything. I mean, when he was on the massage bed last year, I think we played Bor- I think we played Bromley away, <laughs> and he offered the gaffer a rub before. The- <laughs> but that's the type of lad he is. He's just he's just so anything to get a, get a game time, eh? <laughs> yeah. he's, just, yeah. he's just a really good lad. He will work his bollocks off for everyone. Really, he, he um he really does go above and beyond, and he'll, he'll he's one of them. You could ask him to do anything, and, and he'll do it. But oh, yeah, it definitely came in on some. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get get and lawyers might get involved. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, um, another player that we, we we obviously have to ask about. Sorry, Ian, you were going to say something then. I was going to say Chris Hargreaves build him up as a, a Tom yeah. Knowles type player, but um, Mark, you see him as more as a a fullback. He, he was getting round, wasn't he? Getting round the the getting round the fullbacks against um who was it we played buckland, buckland yeah. Yeah. i think he's a he's a left winger or a left a left wing back yeah i think that's his position he's a he's a left winger in a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 or a or a left wing back um he's not a left back i've worried defensively about him but he's um he's quick he wants to learn he's brilliant at rubs he's brilliant at painting um <laughs> He's got a conscious everything you want. <laughs> yeah, uh, we just got to work with him tactically. You can tell he's not done a lot, and we've got to work with him tactically to make sure he's in the right position. Yeah, I, I was just going to say one one player we have to we have to talk about. Um, Mark is uh, Alex Fisher. Obviously, a, a terrible yeah. injury that he's had. Uh, we've been boggled by seeing him <laughs> training with that that brace that cage on his leg i mean how how's he been uh that that must be a strange situation to see him running around with like a scaffolding hanging off his leg by the looks of it well we've asked the surgeon if he can keep that on because it, it improves his touch <laughs> he's finding the net plenty <laughs> i think he'd score more goals with that on his shin um so yeah we, we're, we're pricing that one in with the surgeon but no he's uh he's he's doing a lot of work um at the inju- he lives over in Lambourne now, so he's doing a lot of work up there with the Injured Jockeys Fund uh, Association. So they've got loads of equipment there that we haven't got that benefit him. Um, I think he was hoping to get that frame off um, the other day, but they want to leave it on for another three weeks uh, just to be sure. And then um, I think I think speaking to Alex the other day, he's he's looking around Christmas time to be back and. Um, yeah, we've certainly got that penciled in for for that kind of those kind of dates. He's another one of those experienced heads, isn't he? A part of that front line that, um, yeah, will be able to support those younger players too, isn't he? Well, you'd think at the level we're at, you'd think Alex Fisher, was, if he, if he's fit and 
and and fly in that he would be a a really good asset to to the squad. So um, listen, we we don't want to put too much pressure on because an awful injury. Yeah, and and those kind of injuries take you know physically and mentally take a lot of getting over. So I I, I think we'll have to give him a bit of time and, and be patient with him. A lot of clubs at this level, particularly the part-time ones, their their day out this season is going to be Hewish Park. That's going to be their their cup final. Um, are you having to prepare a team that's going to have to be patient in some of these games? There might be a few park buses for these matches compared to what we faced maybe last year. Yeah, I think I think we've we've started to work on different scenarios already in terms of what we think some teams will do and away from home, three G pitches. Uh, when they come to, to Hewish Park. So we've started to work on on different ways of, of trying to batter down um, a defence or unlock a defence that's deep or w- whatever they choose to do, we have to find a way to to unlock that. So it's certainly been a lot of work on, on different game plans as to, to how we can do that. But I think it's a mentality. Um, I think it's about... You know, we spoke about it today. When there's going to be some places that we turn up, and some of the players will be like, mentally, you know, we've got to deal with the surroundings, the pitch. But whatever it takes, we have to overcome that. And I think it's about having that mentality that if if a team wants to play us on the car park, we'll, we'll play them on the car park. And, and and hence the reason why I was so keen to to build a squad full of characters and, and a bit more experience that could try and get us through those moments. Yeah. Josh, obviously fi- fixtures out now. Was there one that you, you look for? There's any number of uh, local derbies that we've got next season, isn't there? Um, to be honest, it, there was no really like, it wasn't like looking for a Notts County, but it was a different, it was kind of, Going to new places, which would which would be exciting, but I was mainly focused on the on the home games. I just thought we've got a real opportunity this year to try and turn. But I really want. I was hoping the first game would be at home. That was a, and the first three being on away is uh, on a three G away ones a, is a is a real um, disappointment. But I think for me the yeah the home games would be exciting this year because Hewish Park is a massive pitch, the actual pitch size. So. We have to have the strength of character, and it's a, it's a different test for us this year. As players, you're always trying to test yourself and want to see what you've got, and it's a different test for us because we're going to have to be strong characters. Because there's going to be times we're nil nil in 70th minute, and we're getting shouts from the crowd just to shell it long. And it's about sticking to what you do and sticking to what you know will work. So it's a completely different challenge, and we all know anyone who's been at you over the last few years knows that we've had some real bad games when teams are sat in. I mean, made Ned at home a couple of years back, altering at home a couple of years back was really disappointing. So it's going to be a real different test for us. The counter-attacking football is probably not going to be so conjurative of good results at home. So it's 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 another instance where characters come in and, and being a strong, strong character and sticking to what you do because it might be a case of we get to 85 minutes and we've just worn them down and we win 2-0 in the last two minutes because that's what definitely what Wrexham done to us. That's what Notts County done to us. You stay in the game, but eventually, eventually, if you stick to what you do, you, you'll come out on top. So it's, it's nice for us to be in that position. And 
and I'm really looking forward to, to turning Hewish Park into a really, really difficult place for teams to come with and without the ball. So, Ian, stop yeah. shouting, play it long, all right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I can't do that. I don't want to hear it. Somerset, Dave, can I? <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. Um, lots of local derbies this season as well. Almost a mini National League Southwest. Um, so, potential to see a lot of big crowds at Hewish Park. You must be excited to be on the pitch with a big crowd there, Josh. It's been few and far between in your time. Yeah, and, and, and I hope we're in a better position for when we play those local derbies to actually show the real Yeovil. I think that's probably the best way to put it. We've had, I mean, the last couple of years we've had Weymouth, we've had Taunton, and they've always been a big disappointment, haven't they? Like They've kind of been built up and massive crowds, and, and we've fell short of our, the standards you'd like to think we'd reach. So it's nice to see a club in a better place on and off the pitch to go into them with, with a better just in the right frame of mind and actually focus on a focus on a football match rather than everything else. And, and um, yeah, I think there's definitely going to be some exciting ones. I mean, Taunton was a good one in the FA Cup in terms of atmosphere. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams who want to bring a lot of people down to us and, and it's going to be a test of us. And uh, I, I think the boys will be relishing the pressure and, and, and bring out the best of everyone. I think what the owner's doing to to the stadium and, and making it a more friendly match day experience, I think that'll help us. I think that'll get, you know, I think that'll get the atmosphere going. Um, and it, I think it'll be a totally different place with the sort of with the alterations and uh, and the things that he's tidying up. I think it'll be a, a lot more of a warm, friendlier place, certainly for, for us to, to play in. We, we've talked about quite a lot, haven't we? How it feels yeah. like it was, you know, just left to decay. There was yeah. no real care about the place, and we're now seeing seeing that. And you see all the little bits and pieces that are going on, and it gives you a reason to, you know, go there. And you know, I, you know, they're looking after the place, and we'll look after the place. It's only yeah. those little things as well, isn't it? It's uh, we're not talking about anything monumental. You're talking about painting something and tidying something up. It's all those little touches, but you put them all together, and it does make a place that you want to go to again, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like last last few years, it's, it's been a place to be, but really, it's been a really easy place to be negative, isn't it? I think mm. people have gone there on match days, negative already in a negative frame of mind. Players have been playing like they got the weight of the world on their shoulders. One misplaced pass and the whole place turned negative on the pitch and in the stands. So it's kind of, as a gaffer says, it's kind of hopefully it will lift the spirit of everyone. And and you might misplace a pass and it's not quite as doesn't feel like you've just fallen off a cliff. So it might be like a it it. I think the I think players are players definitely thrive in positive positive conditions and. And that positivity is infectious. So hopefully we can all kind of rub off each other and and see where it takes us, really. We're getting sick of moaning at each other, aren't we, Ian? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking forward to some positive. But uh, Mark, you, you've, you've said before that you, you've tried to sort of get out, watch those National League South games and you've scouted, recruited some players locally. I mean, what, uh, what have you gained from getting out and seeing that level of, of football, which I, I imagine in your managerial career you probably hadn't come across a, a great deal. Have, have you managed to put a lot of that into what pre-season has been like and your preparations for the season coming up? 
I think first and foremost, you have to, I think you, there's no getting away from the fact that you have to be able to deal with the physical side of the game. There's going to be a lot of balls coming in our box or there's going to be a lot of aerial balls that we have to deal with. Hence the reason, you know, we went and got Wannell, uh, Sendles White, put an aggressive goalkeeper in the goal. But we're going to have to deal with, you know, I think teams will probably think the best way to get at us is to, to defend deep and try and get a set piece. So we have to be able to deal with the physicality. Um, you know, Frank Newble, massive, Wannell, big. Sendles White big, Hyde big, you know, we, we needed that physicality to, to add to what we had last year. Um, so that's the one thing that I picked up on, um, being able to deal physically, certainly away from home, being able to deal with environments that we're not comfortable with. And again, mentality, we have to deal with that. We have to, whatever is thrown at us, we have to, can't moan, we've got to deal with it. And um they're the, they're the big things that I picked up on. Neither of you would have wanted a relegation on your CV come the end of last season. What, what would promotion mean to you to, to write that wrong? Um, that was my first relegation as a manager. Um, I, obviously, it was I didn't want it. Could have walked out, should have probably walked out, but I wanted to try and look after the, the players that had been loyal to me. Um, from my point of view, I've won the National League North. Um, I've been promoted from the National League and I want to try and get the hat-trick and, and get promoted out of the, the National League South. And that'd be a brilliant achievement for, for the club, more importantly. Um, but also, that's that's what I want to do on a personal level. And, and Josh, for, for, for you, um, as a... Uh... Promotion? Have you got a promotion on your CV from uh, your previous game? Not yet. So okay. this will be there. Gaffer, team beat us in the playoffs. All <laughs> oh, right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. Did, didn't um, just beat them. Um, absolutely transferred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. We'll have to stand between you two. Um, I think it's what the whole place deserves, really, isn't it? It'd be nice. I think. I think we're. I think not just us as players. I think the the towns do a bit of success. So. It'd be nice to be the ones who finally deliver something and try and kind of stop the rot after years of decay. And I think that's the goal in the dressing room is give everyone something to cheer about every day of the season. And and yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd definitely be be better than a relegation on your CV. So so it's about looking forward and, and, and it's it's the aim of the team. But ultimately we're only as good as the level that we're playing at. So it's it's important we don't that's the message in the dressing room. Don't go into a game thinking we're due a result. And if we have that mentality, hopefully we'll have something to show for it at the end of the season. Absolutely. Yes. And, and Mark, I think you said after the game at Buckland, you had Torquay fans telling you they'd already got the, they already got the title sewn up. So, I mean, what, what teams do you expect to be up there challenging? Uh, obviously, we all like Yeovil, but come April, May, who do you think is going to be up there? I think, you know, like, when you speak to some players that you, you want to sign and, uh, there's some money being thrown about. People will try and say they haven't, but there's some money being thrown about and some good players signing for perceived smaller clubs. You know, Eastbourne Borough got a real wealthy owner now and, and they're having a right go. Um, Hampton and Richmond, uh, you know, they're, they're having a go. Uh, Maidstone, um, Dartford, Torquay. Obviously, you have to look at Torquay. They've retained... 
a lot of their squad that finished so well last season. Um, so Bath City always a always competitive. So be difficult to tell, but you'd have to look at Torquay. I think Torquay would be with a really experienced, clever manager in Gary Johnson that you'd have to look at them as the main threat. Yeah, if there's a manager we know a bit about at this club, it's Gary yeah. Johnson for sure. And you can't knock him in, in, in non-league football. He's, he's, no. he's done it all really, hasn't he? Fantastic manager. Great, great, a great success at Yeovil. Um, obviously took them to the championship and... Um, we have to be honest, we're, we're at least two leagues lower than where we should be. So this season we have to, we have to take one step and, and get closer to where we should be. And, then, and that has to be the aim. Mm. Happy days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of lighter ones now. Josh, you've spent the summer with a paintbrush in your hand. Mark, you've seen his work. Would you let him redecorate the spare room? Um... I think he's more a of, pause. I, think, a I, think, pause. I think he's more of a foreman than um, <laughs> an actual to be fair to him because he's got a new baby he's not been able to get away he's been project manager so trying to sort out the training ground training kit everything he's been the one coordinating it um martin hellier is the one that's had more paint on him than anyone um, is that just because he's not very good at painting, or no? I think he keeps picking. A, I think he keeps picking the wrong brush up. Right. Uh, fair play to him. Every time I go there, he's painting or he's doing something. The owner, yeah. so he's getting his hands dirty. And it's been the summer of so many things to do, trying to prioritise where we start. And it's like I said in in, in my opening bit. It's going to take us a year to get at least to get where anything like what a successful club infrastructure and the way it's run, it's going to take us a year to, to get that. But that doesn't mean that stops us getting results on the pitch. Yeah. And and Josh, would you would you want to uh, redecorate the gaffer's uh, uh, spare bedroom? <laughs> 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 Looking a bit magnolia in the background here, I have to say. Yeah. So splash of colour needed. No, but it was um it was a real I think the gaffer will say the gaffer spent a lot of time in Yeovil for someone who doesn't living Yeovil was in Yeovil an awful lot and um, it was like a really infectious summer you had Martin who come in all guns blazing and is a to be fair to him is a, everything he does is a real hard worker and it was infectious in the sense of you you kind of wanted to be in board on, on board with it um, obviously the gap of, of like a different channel kind of most of the time probably out meeting players speaking to players but it was a real hard work in summer. And I think that's the message of the club. I think it's going back to that kind of ethos of if you want to be part, you have to work hard. And I don't think there's any shame in that. I don't think there's any harm in doing that. And and that's definitely the way Martin is. And I think kind of it's do as I do kind of leadership and, and hopefully kind of drag people along with you. So it was it was it was a different summer. It was, usually I'm usually I do not a lot, but it was the gaffer left me in charge of, of some things and I uh, felt a responsibility to do it to the best I could and, and help out where possible. And look, it's all, um, it's nice to, if, if this club can be successful, it's nice to know you played a part in it and, and did what you can to help. So, so be it. My, uh, Megan's probably not the most happy. She uh, <laughs> didn't see me that much, but, but it, yeah, yeah we, we, it was, it was a good summer. It was good fun. 
even even when you we were just painting, we had a good laugh. And as I say, we had Jack and Quincy painting themselves and missing fences and burning <laughs> seats. And so it was entertaining. And 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 there's some real funny people at the club, so it made the hours go a bit quicker. Yeah. And one thing we can tell, just if you follow you on social media, you're a bit of a lawn expert. Are you are you going to be doing oh, anything? Don't start him off with that. <laughs> Is, are, you, are you going to be? Are you going to be on the pitch? Are you going to be helping out in those winter months? Or you got any tips for the listeners? Anything you can yeah. say about soil? I don't know. You kind of miss you. You miss your time now. If you want to do your garden, I always think April's a good time. So, Percy Thrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll um, I'll open up a business after this. So, uh, so thanks for the. Um, there you go. Josh's lawns. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll. Um, I'll be out round Yeovil doing people's gardens for a substantial fee. So there you go. You heard it. Ian, get the jingle worked on. Yeah, I'll have to get some pictures of my lawn out there. So well, they are already out there. So it's all you post, Josh. It's all we noticed. Yeah. If you've got any weeds in your garden, he knows what they are. Exactly. Well done. If you send him a picture, if you get the the listeners to send in pictures of weeds, Josh will tell you what they are within five seconds. Right. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna do. We'll take you up red, on that one. Red fly, blue green fuck, whatever. I've I've heard of more weeds this summer. <laughs> I never knew existed. The funny the funny thing is, I used to pick grass up, and I used to just. I'm probably not as well practiced at the moment, but I used to be like literally pull a grass blade up, and I'd be able to tell you what kind of grass it was, and it. Used to be a real geeky trick. I don't know why I was good at it, but <laughs> well, there's it. Yes, your career. When people ask you, do you want to be a coach when you finish? Whatever. No, no, I want to be a grass expert instead. Maybe that's why you became a footballer, Josh, to get closer yeah, to the grass. Exactly. Like, yeah. I think it was golf which started the thing. I used to really <laughs> look at the grass when playing golf. So yeah. there you go. Right, Ian. Yeah. That's a new segment we've got. Ask Josh, what's <laughs> yeah. your weed for Josh Dawning? <laughs> Uh, and we can't we can't let either of you go without you giving us your your meal deals of choice. So you're in Tesco, you're in Sainsbury's, you're needing to grab something quickly. Um, what what are the three things you go for? Go on, go on, Josh. You go first, Captain Captain Leader. I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever had a meal deal in my life. I don't. I don't. Sure that's the right answer, is it? No. <laughs> I don't eat crisps. I don't eat cheese. So I'm really. You can have fruit. Fruit. I, 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 can you have chocolate? I have a chocolate bar instead. Oh, you get a chocolate bar. That can be your yeah. snack. Yeah, but you need a you need a sandwich or a salad or a pasta or something like that. Okay, I'd probably go chicken and bacon sandwich. Okay, yeah. Uh, a chocolate bar, and I'd go an oasis if that's part of the meal deal. I don't know. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, but I mean, Ben's the real critic yeah. of the meal deals, and you yeah. could say anything, and Ben will be happy with exactly. it. Exactly. Ben doesn't criticize you a lot, so but he might. You know, <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll give get him to give you a score out of seven. Go on then, Mark. Are you can, can you beat are that? We, are we going snack meal deal or meal dinner meal deal? Oh, Tesco what from the fridge. A Tesco yeah, meal is, deal from your, the like your lunchtime. I'm going, I'm going sushi. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going sushi. Less fat than a sandwich. If you get the right one, I'm going kombucha as a drink. That's a, I've never even heard of that. What's that? <laughs> Chinese fermented tea. It's really good for your gut health. Wow. And I'm going. What Tesco's are you shopping in? I've got this. <laughs> and I'm going, going watermelon. What? Blimey! All right, right, okay. Well, 
That'll be That's a one. That's the classiest meal deal we've ever had. <laughs> and a full say. pack of Fatchers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You won it. You pulled it back at the end there. There yeah. you go. <laughs> wow. Right. We're, go- we're going to have to see. I think Ben will be impressed with the Chinese fermented tea. He likes his yeah. Chinese food, doesn't he? So, and, yeah, well, we'll see what he says. We'll get a review of him, but um, I suppose we, we, we always end um, talking with players. Just uh, your message for supporters that are listening for the season uh, coming up. What you what you'd like from us? What you what you hope that we'll see? Mark, Mark, we'll start with you. Well, I, I said in the first press conference that Martin did that I think it's too easy and has been too easy for, and I understand why supporters for whatever we do to be negative. Whoever we sign, what we signed in for. Whatever system, why, why are we playing that? Why? I think it's now a time for positivity. And uh, I think that will help everybody, certainly helps the players. And I can I can guarantee you that whatever team we put out will be giving, giving their lot. Uh, and we just need everybody to pull together on a Saturday afternoon, on a Tuesday night. And we have to create a momentum because with the Yeovil fan base, that can be really powerful. If we can go out and win two, three games at the start of the season, that momentum builds and I think it becomes a real powerful thing. And I think the fans have got just as big a part to play in that as the players. Okay. And and Josh, your your message to, to support us? Um, let's have fun this year. Let's just enjoy it because it's so easy for us to lose one game and everyone reacts like it's the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's not it's not gonna be the case this year and it's not it's not a positive environment. So as the gaffer says, I'm sure that we're going to be travelling in our numbers this year. We're going to go to a lot of games and we might even have more than them. So let's enjoy the Conference South. And rather than standing there saying we're too good for this, we shouldn't lose a game or we are, we're going to have bumps in the road, Man City lose games. And it's important we all understand that the positivity and the players see what's said. So let's all do our bits. Everyone on the pitch is going to be trying their best. So... That, let's, as a, let's, let's try and get that snowball effect of positivity and, and, and at the end of the season we'll hopefully all be in a position to celebrate together and, and what a day that will be for the club. So, fingers crossed, let's enjoy the ride. Yeah. I can. I always say I'm. I'm the. I'm the older statesman of this uh, trio of supporters. I can remember the last time Yeovil played at this level in the in the mid 1990s. We just come out of the Vauxhall Conference, as it was called then. That's how long ago it was. But uh, and and we did exactly that. We we almost hit the bottom. We bounced back up under a manager Graham Robertson. I have to say those two seasons we played at that level were probably some of my most enjoyable as a Yeovil fan and I live a long way away and in the northwest of England but I'm looking forward to getting on those five o'clock trains from uh, <laughs> from from Preston to come down to uh, to, to London to see it so yeah hopefully um, I know Ian will be there throughout and, and Ben will be there when he can as well so yeah best of luck to you we all, we're, we're all behind you I think it's probably fair to say for everyone we, we speak to thank you cheers thank, thank you. you brilliant good to speak to you yeah thanks for coming on really appreciate it and uh See you at the next game. See you soon, guys. Thank you. See you later. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. Six minutes gives Yeovil the lead. 
Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! 